0: Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli, and we have a very special show today and an incredible guest, someone who I've been looking to get on the show for a while now, and I've had the opportunity to sit down and meet with him about three months ago at one of my mastermind meetings, and we got talking about his new book and habits and whatnot. And I asked him to come on the show. And so it took me a while to get him on the show because he's always traveling and he's got a busy schedule. But we're going to talk about his new book and habits and some amazing content here today. You know, one thing about habits I want to say is that habits are the basis of your success. And they could also be the basis of your downfall. And despite the importance of habits, few people know much about them or even how they work. You know, habits are thought about negatively. Usually they relate to gambling habits or drug habits. But you know, there are a lot of good habits and things that we should incorporate into our lives, such as exercising regularly, or how we think, or meditate, or what we do, and what we eat, and how we treat, you know, our friends and our family. So, you know, a habit can be something that we do regularly without even consciously thinking about it. And so, to be aware of our habits and how powerful they are, and what subtle changes we can do to affect the trajectory and the path of where we're going is just an amazing thing so i have an amazing guest today we're going to get to that interview here shortly so please stay tuned right to the very end he's got a great little offer for you so we'll get to that here in just 20 seconds
1: are you having a hard time finding great investment properties unfortunately the best deals are rarely found locally successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com guide.
0: All right. It's my pleasure to introduce Dean Graziosi to the show. And if his name sounds familiar, it's because you've probably seen Dean and his real estate books on television for the last 20 years. I've had the privilege of having Dean come and speak at one of my mastermind events a few months ago. And then we got talking a little bit afterwards, which is when I invited him to come and join us on the podcast here today. And, you know, Dean is perhaps best known for his long running interview style TV shows, but he is well known as being a real estate expert an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and based in Scottsdale, Arizona, he has written multiple New York Times best selling books and has touched the lives of millions of people around the world with his powerful investing education. And that includes myself, too. So, his most recent great book is called Millionaire Success Habits The Gateway to Wealth and Prosperity. So, Dean, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Marco. I love that you're on the show here because I spend so much time on tactics that I don't spend enough time on talking about what's between our ears and yeah. and the success habits that we need to build. So let's set a little context here. People recognize you as that longtime real estate infomercial guy. And I, I know yeah. <laughs> that might be sometimes hard to shake off, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, share with our listeners, you know, how you got into that. And we'd like to learn a little bit more about you as a person before we get into these more specific types of questions.
1: Yeah, you got it. And first off, listen, everybody listening right now, you're my peeps. This is my peep. Like, I've been in the real estate space for literally 30 years. It's my life, it's been my obsession. I write on it, I teach on it, I own hundreds of buy and holds. So, to be on a podcast like this, Marco, it's an honor and a privilege. I know some of you are just starting out, scared, wondering if you can do it. Some of you might even be skeptical of real estate. And some of you listening are doing great and you're going from being a real estate investor to maybe wanting to be in the real estate investing business. That's a whole other evolution too, right? You start flipping deals and all of a sudden, wow, I got to get an accountant. I have to get a crew. I have to get a team. I have to buy an office. And it's a scary and awesome evolution. And, and some of you listening might you know, be doing 30 deals a month. But what I hope to do today, Marco, and yes, I'll share a little bit about me so there's a backstory and you understand why I'm here is I hope today that we can deliver true capabilities that you guys can put in place right now. Immediately, and, and the best thing I could say with all the podcasts that go on, you go to live events and you might be in masterminds and you get courses and all that stuff. Sometimes there can be overwhelm, right? You don't know where to start. So here's what I'd suggest to get the most out of today. Take what serves you, take something I say today, something Marco says today, just hit your heart and take action with that. Write it down and go do something with it and then throw the rest away. We can't do everything. You can't do everything we talk about, but you'll get the most out of life, the most out of this interview if you just – the part that resonates with your heart or you go, wow, yes – then go do it today. Don't put it off until tomorrow. So that that's the way I'd like to set this up.
0: Great context.
1: Yeah, so getting back to me, you know, I'll go quick, but I, I grew up in a small little town in upstate New York and uh, my parents never had money and I didn't go to college. In fact, I, I lived in a bathroom with my dad one solid year with a little electric heater lived in a trailer park until we got evicted from it and I just remember being naive, fortunately, because the world hadn't told me no enough yet and I remember just looking in my little town and the only people I saw that had money I can remember it was Dominic Afuso. I grew in up in the town, everybody was Italian. It was Dominic Afuso and Richard Noto. And those two, like, they seemed happy. They had money. They had nice cars. They did crazy vacations. And my family didn't. They struggled. My family couldn't go to Little League or do all those things because they were worried about money all the time. And I think real estate just got under my skin. And again, being naive, I just said I heard people could do it with no money down, and I knocked on a gazillion doors. I was fixing cars at the time, and I got my first real estate deal before the age of 20 with no money down and sweat labor. And I'd work all day on cars and all night on real estate. And then I I learned to be a carpenter and a sheet rocker and a plumber and a, and lay tile. And I don't teach people to do that now, but I did because I I didn't have any money, didn't know, but it, it broadened my horizons. And by my mid 20s, I owned 30 apartments. I started subdividing land. I started building houses. And and the market boom. This was the early 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. The market boomed, and I happened to be in control and had a lot of property locked up. And in my mid 20s, I became a millionaire. I had well over a million dollar in assets. I had cash flow coming in. Had apartments coming in, and, and it was uh, just a change in life. I was a huge fan of Tony Robbins. Loved that guy. Loved his infomercials, and I'd watch him all the time. I got his course. He helped change my life. Had different thought processes because of that man. I mean, I feel blessed today. He's one of my best friends. We talk three times a week, but. Back back. Back then it was just somebody I admired. That's when I decided in the late 90s, 1998. I said I want to share with people how I did this. I had no clue what I was doing. I wrote a course. You know, got up at four o'clock in the morning. I'd write till six. Then I'd go work on cars. And then I'd go work on houses. And I'd come back and write. And I hired a crew. Used credit cards. And I filmed my first infomercial in 1998. Failed miserably at first. Worked hard. I was flipping houses to fund the infomercial to get. You know, it's kind of in the information business. I wanted people to know what I was doing. Of course, I wanted to create a thriving business but I wanted people to see that if a dumb upstate New York kid with no money, no <laughs> mentors, nothing can do it, why can't they? And it was just an obsession and over the years I figured out how to sell on TV, I wrote better books and in 06 I wrote my first New York Times bestseller that just went viral, went crazy. My next book in 08 was Be a Real Estate Millionaire. 07 that was right after the market crashed and I taught people how to be safe and make money on the way down while a lot of my competitors were still teaching old school stuff. And that book just hit off. I think we sold a million copies of Be a Real Estate Millionaire. And it really just put me in the space of Dean's the trainer. And yeah, sometimes people go, oh, he's just that infomercial guy. He probably doesn't even really do real estate. I know I have to deal with that. And I have to deal with people who see me and write something negative online. I never buy his stuff. He's a huckster. You know what? But I'll take that because I know on the other side, I get to deliver wisdom and capabilities and a recipe and the ability to have a proven plan. I get to deliver it to the rest of the world. So I'll take that little bit of negativity. It's not a problem at all. Especially when someone reads my book, they only have to read 10 pages and go, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, it's true. How to Be a Real Estate Millionaire was actually the first book that I had purchased. That was yours. And it was a great book. I mean, I read it from cover to cover and that was a long time ago, but I still have it on my bookshelf here today. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it helped me out. But, you know, everything you've just talked about, it clearly shows that you've put success habits in place, which is a great segue, you know, to this new book that you put out. And so Millionaire Success Habits I bought it recently. I couldn't put it down. I haven't finished reading it, but it's great. It's very well written and it talks about all the things that you really need to think about as far as your journey to being more successful. What I'd like to hear is why the new book that's unrelated to real estate? Why did you go from real estate books to this millionaire success habit book?
1: great great question because what i've realized as i've evolved so now i've been doing real estate i'm 48 i did my first deal before 18 so it's over 30 years of real estate it've been 20 years now in the education space which is crazy 19 years of teaching people and as you evolve at least as i've evolved i've spoken i just got off stage with tony robbins with 10,000 people i've i've read tens of thousands of my comments from my students and as you evolve you know knowledge becomes wisdom and being in the game you realize what works and what doesn't what i realized There is a lot of incredible tactical tools taught out there like incredible people like you, Marco, like teaching how to do turnkey or or buying turnkey or fix and flip or wholesaling. There's a lot of great tactical stuff. I believe my education is some of the best ever created because it's what I do. But as I evolved, I realized it's only about 20% tactical. It really is. People struggle with the, the strategies and how do I fill out this contract and how do I make an offer and if there's no good deals in my area and how do I talk to this realtor and oh I don't like selling or I don't like buying or I don't like negotiating. They get so stuck into the tactics, they get so stuck into the process that they don't realize the only reason they're not successful, the only reason they're not going to the gym, or the only reason their relationship might not be working or the only reason they're not connected with their kids like they'd like to be. It's really the core foundation for success and I believe it's not 50-50, it's 80-20 maybe 90, 10. I mean, libraries are full of wisdom. We'd have an epidemic of rich librarians if it right. was just the <laughs> wisdom, right? So what I realized and became obsessed with, especially two years ago, I mean, I've, I've been obsessed with it forever. I've been doing a, a weekly wisdom for nine years every single week for my students it has nothing to do with real estate. But I just said, I want to compile the habits so people can replace habits that don't serve them and put habits in that can allow them to succeed, overcome those obstacles, get through the tough parts, make it out to the other side, And that's been my obsession, and I realize that's what people need. And when I – this book is going viral right now on Facebook, it's going crazy. Amazon is all five-star reviews. People are seeing like – it's a millionaire success habits. you can use it for real estate, but I can use it for relationships. I can use it for everything anything to make take my life to that next level. And you know, I've been an obsessive study of habits. I didn't just throw a book together with some things that made me rich. like it's not that, and you know because you read some of it. Mm-hmm. you know I, I'm blessed to be friends with billionaires and presidents and Tony's a dear friend and Richard Branson's a dear friend and I just get to rob all their habits, kind of combine them with mine, and that's what people get in the book and I, I'd love to share some of those today that people could literally take away and use if that's cool with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, we're, we're going to touch upon some of that, but I'm just listening to what you're saying here, and it reminds me of a quote in your book here. In fact, it's in the beginning part. It says, you can make barely noticeable small shifts in your daily routines by nudging out those things that don't serve you and replacing them with habits that create a path to wealth and abundance. And when I read that, I had to re- go back and read it two, three times, and I highlighted it because... You really just encapsulate it so much in such a small space. And I'm sure you know that our lives are the results of the stories that we tell ourselves and the actions we take from day to day. And you mentioned Tony Robbins several times here. I love what Tony Robbins says. This is one of my favorite quotes from Tony. He says, it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And it's such a profound and powerful statement. So powerful. So powerful. It's huge. And so, you know, how does a person get themselves to do the things that they need to do or don't want to do?
1: So there's a lot of different ways, right? And I'll say this, you know, from Tony back to Earl Nightingale and Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill to Wayne Dyer. I mean, success and how to break through and all that. It's been around forever. And I think what happens is we want to migrate or attach to somebody who gives a message that sticks, right? You may have someone tell you to quit smoking for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And finally, somebody does it in a way and you go, you know, I'm never going to smoke again. It's just the way the message was delivered. And that's what I've always obsessed on is how do I deliver it in a way where it sticks? And I'll share this one thing with you that I think is probably the number one thing that I noticed with the most successful, and I mean successful, with wealth and also happiness and joy and living a fulfilled life. When I compile that, and I, some days I'm in a room with there's a you know a billionaire, two presidents. i you know I've had dinner with Michael Jordan, Joel Osteen. I mean you name it. I can't believe the people I've been blessed to meet. And I don't say that to name drop, other than there's a common thread, and some of it's simpler than people think. Like I was with Richard Branson for a week on his island, and I watched people come up to him, and they all want like this. How did you become a billionaire, Richard? What was it? And I think people are wanting this one thing. Like, oh, I lifted up this rock and there was this thing. I did it. You know, It's never that. It's a compilation of little things. But what all successful, happy people have is vision and clarity of where they're going. And I really want people to think about that is vision and clarity. If you do me a favor, and I've done this with thousands of people, literally, is ask 10 people this week what they don't want out of life. Like, what's not working for you? What don't you want? And people will rattle shit off, for lack of a better word, faster than you can stop them. "Ah, I don't want this job. I don't want this. I don't want the deals to be eaten up in my area. I don't want my wife to be a pain. I don't want my husband to bug, not (laughs) listen to me. Like, rattle off. And do me a favor stop them in the middle and say, okay, I got that. What do you want? And nine out of 10 people will go, you know, that's a really good question, or let me think about that. So, think about what's happening is we're running around focusing on what we don't want all the time. And all that's doing is adding complexity and stress to our life when we really don't know where we want to go. It's like being in a Ferrari with no GPS or, you know, or running on a treadmill, right? You want to go faster and you put the treadmill to 10, you're still not going anywhere. And so when I hear people say I'm overwhelmed or I don't have time, I'm stressed, there's too much complexity. All that means to me is you don't have a clear vision. And I want you to think about this statement. And then I want to tell you a story, if you don't mind. Yeah. But. As an entrepreneur, and Marco, for you to be here and serving other people and the businesses you have, to be in the groups you are, dude, you've said yes to so many things. You've overcome obstacles when everybody thought you couldn't do it. Entrepreneurs sometimes it's a lonely road. Remember that. Everybody listening. That's why you should be a part of groups. That's why you should listen to Marco and things like this because entrepreneurs are lonely. We think completely different than everybody else. We want to run our own business. We go against the grain, right? Yep. So sometimes you're lonely. So you've been through lots of stuff in your life. And you've said yes more than most people. You say yes to the overtime. Yes, I'll start the podcast. Yes, I'll get these interviews. Yes, I'll get uncomfortable and ask this guy if he'll do my – like you said yes, right? But I want everybody to think about this and I'm going to tell you a story. And this is from one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. Yes, got you out of Egypt, but no will take you to the promised land. (laughs) Well said. Warren Buffett says I say no to everything. Like he doesn't say in most I says I say no to everything and a couple things slip through. So think about this. So I tell this story a lot because it really hits home and I'm going to hammer in the vision here for you. If nothing else from this interview today, if you got a clear vision of really where you want to go, you're ahead of 98% of the world. And I don't mean kind of know what you want or kind of the money you want. I'm talking crystal clear. Someone stops you and says, what do you want? You go in a year from now, this is exactly what I want. And it's hard to get. So let me just tell you this quick story. A buddy of mine, he's in this church group, him and a bunch of dad take all the 17- to 20-year-old boys. are going to take them whitewater rafting, like 20 kids, right? So they go to Colorado. They get there, and it rained for like five days straight, and they're all nervous. It's like these dads are responsible for all these kids, right? Right. And the kids are nervous, and this guide comes out. He's been doing it for 25 years. He comes out, and he goes, dads, calm down. No worries. Kids, get in the rafts. He says, you see this finger, boys? He holds up a finger. He goes, this is the positive point. We're going to be totally safe today because when I point this finger, you guys are going to paddle your guts out towards wherever I point because that'll take us to where we're safe. Now, here's what I won't do. I'll never point to the down tree. I'll never point to the rock that can flip us over or the big rapid, because if I do, you'll focus on it. We'll run right into it. Then we will end up upside down. I've been doing this long enough. And that's really something we all need to take in life. If you point at the rock, if you point at the rapid, if you point at the tree, you don't know why you keep running into the crap that you don't want. We have to get a vision and be clear on where we want to go massively. And that's where our attention needs to be. If you focus on what you don't want, you get more of what you don't want. So I want to give you a quick little lesson here. This was a game changer for me with social media and text messages and cell phones and Instagram and all the Like we are so busy and we're so occupied. Here's what I believe. I believe there's like a dust cloud around us. If you ever watched the Roadrunner when you were a kid, there was the Tasmanian devil. He'd spin so quick, there'd be dust around him. That's most of our lives, right? And what happens is someone says, sets a goal. You're like, set a goal. I can't even see two feet in front of me. I got to get through the day. (laughs) I got to get through the crap I'm dealing with. Maybe tomorrow I'll set a goal. So setting goals can be hard. In today's world. So, here's the best way I know to get vision. This could be a game changer. So, say it's in your real estate business, it's in your financial world. Pretend it's a year from now and we're all back here. We're on this podcast again and it was the best year of your life. Let's just say it's your finances. could be a relationship, could be anything, but let's just pick finance. It's the best financial year of your life. What does that look like? What had to happen to make it the best year of your life? And then not only what had to happen, it's like how much money you make and how many deals are you doing? Where was your breakthrough? But then take it a step further. How do you feel when you look in the mirror? When you walk in a room, or people like, damn, what what did he do? Did he lose weight? Did he tan? Is he working hours? She got a new relationship. She's on fire. Like that feeling when you walk in the room and your husband or wife look at you and go, damn, what's up with him or what's up with her? Attach all those emotions. Just it's a year from now. It's the best year of your life. How do you feel? And then just start writing it down. This is the money I'm making. This is how I look when I'm in the mirror. It's how my wife looks at me. It's how my kids look at me. It's how my husband looks at me. I started my own company. I'm no longer in this job. Whatever that is, you write it down. And then take what's there and that becomes part of your vision. That becomes part of the clarity on where you want to go. And now here's the byproduct of that. When you have that clarity, when you have that vision and you craft the perfect year, that's when that saying, yes, got you out of Egypt. No, we'll take you to the promised land comes into play. Because every time someone asks you to do something or a new opportunity or you're surfing an hour a day on social media, bump that up against your bigger future. If it's not serving that vision, that clarity of where you want to go, then it has to be a no. And that's where time opens up. That's where successful people, you're like, how do they get all that done? How do they run all those companies? How do they still be a great dad and go to Little League and softball? How do they do it all? Because they know what to say no to, while most people are staring and pointing at the things they don't want, the person with vision and clarity is on the fast track. He's in a Ferrari with GPS. He's not on a treadmill. He's on a ladder walking his ass past you. And it's as simple as that for like a core foundation is take the time today to get crystal clear on where it is you want to go. And I promise you, I'm not talking about real estate today and I've done thousands and thousands of deals. I know real estate, but you can gain access to the wisdom. You got Marco, tactical skills are out there. The thing that'll stop you is what goes on between your ears.
0: Yeah, so true. That's very powerful, Dean. You know, just saying no is very liberating and a lot of people don't say no enough.
1: You know, Ariana Huffington became a good friend. She started Huffington Post, sold it for like 300 million bucks. And she said, you know, one of the greatest ways to finish a project is to quit it. (laughs) she said, so many times we have these things that like we in our past selves a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, we thought was important to us. And if you really analyze it, you know, shit, I really don't want to do that anymore. I'm done. And she's like, sometimes quitting a project is the best way to stop it.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And everything you said about being very crystal clear about where you want to go and envisioning yourself there is very powerful. And every time I hear that, it reminds me of the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland. And I believe it was the Cheshire Cat that said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there.
1: Right. Oh, what a great. I forgot about that quote. That's an amazing quote.
0: Yeah. So get clear. And if you can visualize it and you can see it in your head and you can almost taste it, then you know exactly what to do next.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: I just wanted to drill down a little further in this because. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, the recurring theme in your book is about habits. So I want to just drill down into that a little bit further. Are there specific routines or habits that are crucial for an individual or me or you to have a good day, a good week, a good life? Yes. What do you do?
1: All right. So I'm going to give you one right now. So this is something I learned myself, but I like the way Dan Sullivan says it. Dan Sullivan, I pay him 25 grand a year to be in his mastermind. He's taught more entrepreneurs than anyone on the planet. He helps me get great clarity. And Dan always says, one of the main reasons you pay me is to help you protect your confidence. So it's a habit of mine, and I call it a habit, is our confidence as entrepreneurs, as visionaries, as someone who's going to start your own company, when everybody says no, when the market might turn, when the deal doesn't go through, when your spouse isn't supporting you. If we lose even 5% of our confidence, we play small, we play scared, we sit on the sidelines, and we miss another opportunity. I mean, how many times in your life has lack of confidence, lack of clarity, let the opportunity go by, and someone else got rich, someone else got the deal, someone else got in real estate, someone else flipped the house, someone else is making the money that you should be making right so protecting your confidence is everything i'm gonna take a few minutes here and i'm gonna give you a routine that protects my confidence on a daily basis there's lots of things but this is how i start it so you guys can manipulate this any way you want you can again take what serves you throw the rest away Mm -hmm. so here's some habits of mine i go to bed at night and i put my phone on airplane mode I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. I wish I would have done it sooner, maybe two years, is because what happens is if you wake up in the morning and you roll over and look at your phone, you look on something on social media, you look at an email that the deal didn't go through, or a friend sends a stupid text to you, your emotions, you become the thermometer of your morning, not the thermostat of your morning. That email just persuaded you, adjusted you, and put you in a certain mood, and some of that is taking away your confidence. So habit one. Phone on airplane mode. Habit two, as soon as I open my eyes. i mean, to tell you, Marco, I don't do this every day because I screw up. I miss it some days. Sure. But I do it most days. And the days I do it, it's a completely different day. I play a day of offense rather than defense. When your confidence is down, you're trying to fix problems, looking for emails, solving shit. When you're playing offense, you're out there crushing it, getting new deals, saying yes, being motivated, making the sale, being persuasive, right? So first thing I do when I open my eyes is – Everybody knows gratitude. You can't be grateful and sad, grateful and depressed, but sometimes gratitude is hard to find. So what I've done is lowered the bar of gratitude. I want to feed my mind as soon as I wake up. So as soon as I wake up, I try to think of something really small I'm grateful for. Dude, it could be like these sheets feel amazing or it looks beautiful and sunny outside today or wow, my kids slept through the night because they didn't come in. That's it. Just one little thing or read a chapter out of a book like The Untethered Soul or my book or a book that empowers you. One, two sentences, right? right? Because that triggers your mind in a different way. It just positions your morning completely different. Still haven't looked at my phone, right? So now I feel like I feed my soul doing that. Then what I do, another habit, I want to feed my body. So I immediately walk downstairs. I get up at five every morning. I walk downstairs. I do a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. I do a tablespoon of MCT oil. I do a scoop of green juice and I squeeze a whole lemon into a big, huge glass and I down it. So I felt like I fed my soul. Habit one, right? Habit one was the phone. My soul, habit two. Fed my body, habit three. The fourth thing I do is for me, and only because I get so busy, I don't want to work out in the afternoon. I, it's just hard for me to fit in. I just go move immediately. Drink that. I down it. I feel like that's my coffee. That's my natural energy. And I go work out. I go move. I get all that done. I'm usually done by six thirty. I get to wake my kids up, and I do my morning routine with my kids, which I love. I cook them breakfast. We have great conversations, and then after that. Here's what I would share with everybody is this is building your confidence. So you're on the offense. You have clarity for the day. The next thing I would do is everybody makes their to-do list. And so many times like – or you have to do – oh, man, today I have to go look at that house or I have to make that call or I have to read that one piece or I have to – I have to get rid of that terminology and make what you get to do list. Think about this, 150,000 people die every single day. Today, tomorrow, the next day, 150,000 people die each day. We're not one of them. I know you might be going through some tough times. Things go wrong. Shit, I complain all the time. Yesterday, I had a flat while I was in Utah. I stopped on the side of the road, changed a tire myself, got to the airport. Flight was delayed two hours. Yeah, stuff happens. But when you think through life this way, who cares, right? We're alive today. So make yourself a get-to-do list. I hate conference calls. But when I look at it, like I get to change people's lives. I get to flip property. I get to write books. If I have to do 20 conference calls a month, damn it, I get to do those because it's part of my bigger future. And when you frame it that way, then I'm happy and excited to get on a conference call because I get to do it. If I didn't get into real estate, maybe I'd still be fixing cars and pounding fenders and changing engines or working on a roof when it's 120 degrees. I just passed somebody doing a roof next door to me in Phoenix. It's 120 today. I get to be here with you guys right now. So wherever you are, you get to do it and then prioritize what's the most important, right? If you have your vision and clarity on where you want to go, you get to make your get to do list. Sometimes we put stuff on there that's busy work. Make sure you're prioritizing the things that take you closer to where you want to be in a year from now. Just those little habits alone are massive shifts that most people don't do. If you follow this for the next two weeks, you won't believe on how productive you are, how clear you are, how you'll start saying no, how you'll tell people, hey, you know what? I can't hang out with you on Thursday nights because there's something bigger for me to do. Or or when you're surfing on social media for an hour and a half, you go, you know what? I'm not wasting an hour and a half of my life on social media. It doesn't take me to where I wanna go. I'm gonna go read more up on real estate. I'm gonna go make offers. I'm gonna go try to buy a a turnkey property and diversify my portfolio. Those things start opening up and that's how security successful people seem to get so much done in the same amount of time you have.
0: Wow, that's powerful. There was a lot of stuff there, Dean. You know, I really love that subtle change from a to-do list to I get to-do list. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's now, it's not so much that I have to do it, it's I want to do it and I have the luxury and the ability to be able to do that. That's huge. You'll be happy to know that I just ordered three journals from Amazon and I'm going to give one to my wife, one to my daughter, and one's for me. And it's going to be a gratitude journal.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And my plan is is every night before we go to bed, we're going to write down one to three things that we are grateful for. And that's my plan. It was going to be in the morning, but we're just so busy in the morning scrambling to get to here yep. and get to there that it, it just makes more sense to do it before bed because you can pause and think.
1: There could be nothing, I believe, nothing stronger that you could do for your daughter than that. And you and your wife. Sure. To get your kids in that mode, and believe me, I do it with my kids, and, and now that you say it, I'm like, you know what? We do it a couple days a week. I need to get back in the routine of making it daily. If we were at dinner, we'd go around the table and just say, one thing you're grateful for today. Just one thing. And my kids sometimes are like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, one thing. And I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd press until they got it, because that's just a different way to look, because we could talk about what we don't have, and what went wrong, and the teacher was mean, and I got a bad grade. But what about being alive, being here, being with each other? I mean, sure. That old saying: you can't be grateful and sad, grateful and depressed, grateful and unhappy. It's almost impossible. Yeah. So to give our kids that gift, and it'll make us better people too, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Let me move on here because I know we could talk forever, and and I want to respect your time. Just touch upon this. I I don't remember where I picked this up, but Joe Polish, awesome guy, you know, an acquaintance yep. of mine. He's in my mastermind group, and he's a good friend of yours. He was telling me about his charitable work. He's got addicts for artists, I believe it yep. is. Great stuff. And I don't remember if he was talking about this or if it was you, but you were talking about three different types of entrepreneurs do you know what I'm talking about I do I do can you just touch upon that because when I heard that it just it kind of just hit me between the eyes and I thought wow that's that's awesome
1: Joe talks about that a lot but I'll, I'll tell you that the three different entrepreneurs and you can identify yourself in these and, I, and I'm blessed to be one of them and work with lots of others is the first one is the entrepreneur basically who will work for someone else it's that person that you see is the second in command a company treats the company like it's theirs wants to flourish the company wants to expand it they're an implementer. They take the visionaries ideas and they put them in place. They'll talk sometimes and you'll think it's their company. It's because they have pride. I have two or three that work for me. I think of right now that they're just, they work in this company. They're going up through the ranks. They take chances. They don't want to be the nine to five person, but they like the security of being under a company. So entrepreneur number one is the security of being underneath the company, but you run it like it's yours. Entrepreneur number two is a lifestyle entrepreneur. A lifestyle entrepreneur is working hard, doing things, saying yes, overcoming obstacles, getting through the fear, going after it. But then they get to a certain level of income and it matches the lifestyle they want. My buddy, Dean Jackson, he's got a list. Exactly, I know I'm being successful when it's like when he doesn't have to use an alarm clock, when he can dress the way he want, when he plays at least five rounds of golf a week, when he makes $50,000 a month, if he's there at 50 grand a month, he did all that work and got there. Now his whole life is maintaining for the lifestyle. So that's a lifestyle entrepreneur. And then the third is an accomplishment-based entrepreneur. That's more of what I am. I, I thought it was because I wanted to get to a certain amount of money, and now it's just I want to accomplish more. I want to serve more people, change more lives. There's I live no different now than I did – 10 years ago my 15 years ago my income is significantly higher my life hasn't changed the way i raise my kids hasn't changed i didn't buy 60 cars i don't have you know 14 vacation houses i live a damn good life but i'm always going for writing the next book the next company because it's an accomplishment it fills right. my soul and my kids get to see their dad accomplish some really cool stuff So kind of the entrepreneur underneath somebody else, you know, the lifestyle entrepreneur and the accomplishment based entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, I think they refer to the first one as an implementer.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you read the book Rocket Fuel, one of the best books ever to talk to the difference between a visionary and an implementer. Yeah. And when a good visionary gets with a good implementer, it's game over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Traction.
1: Yeah. Traction was first and then Rocket Fuel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So this is the big one for me. Okay. So I thumbed through your book and the one thing that just jumped out at me, and I know that a lot of people will resonate with this. You talk about an exercise of going seven levels deep, and I think it's just brilliant and powerful. And this would be such a great takeaway. So Dean, please explain this seven levels deep strategy or habit.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is a habit too. And and I'll try to be really precise and quick on this. I'll try not to get too long. But if you know where you want to go, right? We talked about vision and clarity. Right? If you really do that, take the time a year from now, best year of your life, you know where you want to go. You set your day up for success. The driver behind that, the passion behind that, the stamina to get through the obstacles and the things that go wrong is knowing your why. Now, that's kind of a buzzword now, but I found a way through a consultant I hired 10 years ago that really got to your true why. I call it the seven levels deep. And it takes you out of your brain and it gets you into your heart. And how that works is if I said to you – if you guys were in front of me right now, I'd do this exercise with you live. If I said to you, you know, why are you listening to this podcast? A lot of people might say, I want financial freedom. I want a different source of income. I want to build security. All true, really strong. But then let's just say you said you want financial security. And I said to you, well, why is financial security important to you? It's like, well, people are living longer in today's age, and I don't want to run out of money before I run out of age. That's a great answer too. But if I said to you a third time, I asked the question again, I say, well, why is it important for you, with your last answer, to build security so you don't run out of money? And you might say something like, well, my parents ran out of money and I watched them suffer. Oh, so why is it important? And you just take the last answer and you do it seven times, okay? So... I'm going to give you my example so you can understand it. I hired a consultant for 10000 bucks to come in for a half a day to help me get my students to engage more, to learn more, not just to get the wisdom but actually use it. And he taught me this seven levels deep, and I was expecting him just to give me the tool, and he made me go through it. I was crying like a baby by the time I was done with it because he started. He's like, why would you pay me ten grand to be here? I said, I want to create a business. I want to set the bars high, and I want other companies to raise the bar or get out of my industry. He's like, that's great. That's novel. So why is that important? And then why and why and why? And when I got to the fifth question that was coming from my head, from my thoughts, I felt my physiology change. I felt my body change. I felt chills in my body. And I, I thought of a real why. And it came from my heart, and I was like, I never want to go backwards. Didn't even know where that came from, but I started thinking of being broke as a kid and having hand me downs and not having lunch money and living in a bathroom. I don't ever want to go back there. And he's like, Dean, thank you for getting to that. So, why is it important you never want to go backwards? And it just came out, and tears started going. You have a daughter, you understand. I'm like, I want my kids to have choices. I don't want them to be entitled brats, but I want them to have choices. And guys, I'm talking about me, but I want you to be thinking about you or do this exercise afterwards. Ask yourself or have somebody ask you seven times. But once I answered, I wanted my kids. That had choices. I thought that was it, but that was only six levels. He said, "Dean, I think that's really novel. That's amazing." but why is it important that your kids have choices? And it just came out and I found my true why. My number one reason is I wanted to be in control. When I was a kid, my parents were married nine times. I moved 20 times. I had new step parents and grandparents and stepsisters and stepbrothers and new schools and moving and leaving and evictions. I never was in control. I felt completely out of control as a child. And I realized why I work so hard and why I want more is because I want to be in control of my time, my life. I do coach Little League. I do coach softball. I take vacations when I want. I'm leaving early today to just go hang out with my kids. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do, when to do, or how to do it. I want that control. So when I have a tough day, when things go wrong, when I lose money, when I'm scared, if I say I want financial freedom or I want to set a legacy, eh, it doesn't get me through a good day. But to go, I'm never going backwards. My kids are going to have choices and I want control of my life. There's nothing that can stop me. When I attach that why to my vision of where I'm going and to know what I get to do that day, I'm on fire all the time. I'm enthusiastic all the time even when shit goes wrong I can power through because I know why the hell I want it if you guys just did those few things I promise you life will be different tomorrow not in a year from now not in six months from now life can be different tomorrow with these few little things
0: yeah, great advice. I think that's just so powerful. And I've tried doing the seven levels deep. I seem to kind of get stuck around five. When you get to the five, you really have to start to dig down, dig deep into yourself to pull out the real you reason. You do, because
1: what happens is your thoughts block you and say, no, that's all of it. And it's not. I've done this on stage for six years straight, and I get people come up and say, No, it's this, it's that. And then all of a sudden, I watch them change, and I watch the tears come out. And it'll be, My husband left me nine years ago and told me I was a pathetic loser. I'd never amount to anything, and I want to show him. Damn, if that's the inspiration to get her to move, another one, he was a drug addict when his mom died, and he wanted to show her in heaven the man she helped raise. Like, everybody gets these things that they forget. My parents neglected me, and I want to be the stay at home mom. Like, When you get to that gut wrenching where you're just like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was in there. That's when you're getting to your true why.
0: Yeah. Interesting. You know, as we kind of start to wind things down here, I I just want to shift focus to fear for a moment. You know, fear tends to hold a lot of people back. And I've actually talked about fear on several other episodes of this podcast. How do you overcome fear or how do other people overcome their fear? What is your advice or your habit there?
1: The best thing I could tell you, the habit on fear, fear, I still have it. I still get it. I can get anxious in a day because, you know, I'm doing big projects now and it's like sometimes I'm betting on the whole next level, right? Well, we're human. We're human, right? So you get fear. The best thing I can tell you is two things. First off, stop and realize you're okay. Most of the fears that we have are lies and not true. So just if you're in a fearful mode, immediately just stop and go, hey, I'm okay. I'm, I'm an adult. I'm adult. I'm here. And then look at that fear and see if it's something from your past, from your future, why it's there. And in most cases, there's three things you could do. Most of the things we worry about never come true. So try to prove that fear or that thing is a lie or it's just your brain telling you the wrong story. But the thing that really works is to get your confidence back up. And the best way to do that is to look backwards. And look at all the things that you accomplished. Write down the things that you've overcome. You've done so many amazing things in your life that you forgot to give yourself credit for. Things that if you told your 18-year-old self you would have accomplished, you would have said, no way. I get to do that. I get to have that wife or that kid or that baby or that husband or that job, that business, be on a podcast. Like – doing flipping a real estate deal and making 50 grand or owning 200 properties, like all this stuff that we do. If you told your 18 year old self, that, I'd be like, damn it. I get to have that life. And now all of a sudden we're scared and forgetting it. So We forget to turn around. So I would say if you're fearful, if you're anxious, you're worried about something, turn around and look at all the badass stuff you've accomplished. Look at the stuff that went wrong in your life that you failed at and you still came out okay. Take what serves you from your past, the research and development. Let the rest burn. Bring that confidence into the present and realize that no matter what happens in the future, if you're pointed in the right direction with the capabilities you had, the wisdom that you've gained from your past, you'll get through it. And that's literally what I still do. I get back. I get empowered. I get encouraged encouraged, and and I'm ready to take it on.
0: Yeah, if I may add to that, you know, you talk about your confidence, increasing your confidence, but one quick way I have found to increase my level of confidence is to increase my competence. And that that just doesn't come out of your past. It's also what you do now and going forward in in learning more, educating yourself, building your level of knowledge. When you increase your competence, you automatically increase your confidence.
1: It's such a great point. I never read books as a kid because I had dyslexia and I was always embarrassed. I'd read. I couldn't comprehend until I realized that I'm an audible learner. I, I can listen to a book and remember every word of it. Now, I mean, literally with all I have going on, I still listen to a book about every nine days. And I know my life has evolved just from the education, being in strategic coach, being in Joe Polish's group. Joe and I have a group. We have a $100,000 a year group. People pay us. That group is amazing. I read a book. I'm always learning. I spend time with Tony Robbins and and I'll absorb the knowledge because you're right. When you get the capabilities, when you get the proven plan, when you expand your mind, fear goes away. We're usually afraid about something because we don't know enough about it.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So let's just wrap up with this final question, if you don't mind. What would you say is one of, I know you can't limit this down to just one, but what would you say is one of your greatest life lessons that you've learned?
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Really, no, great question. I would just say that our thoughts lie to us a lot. and. The life lesson I've learned is when I'm feeling off, when I'm feeling scared, when I don't feel fulfilled, I don't feel grateful. I, If I just stop for a moment and analyze my thoughts, it's always my thoughts. It's not the outside world. If I told that to my dad, he'd say, I'm living on the West Coast too long. That's a joke, <laughs> right? But it's never what's going on around us. You know, you could get in a car accident one day and get out and scream at the person and say, why, you idiot? Why would you do this? My car, my insurance is going to go up. And the next day, be in the same car accident and just get out and have gratitude and say, hey, everybody's safe. Who gives a shit? It's a car with fenders and we have insurance for that
0: yeah. same
1: circumstance it was a car accident someone steals your parking lot at the mall one day you're like ah that person probably needs it another day you want to flip them off same circumstance it's our thoughts that mess with us And when you realize that you are the controller of your thoughts, you can be the observer of your thoughts, and you don't have to believe your thoughts. If someone would have told me that at 18 and told me to obsessively understand that, it would have allowed a lot less suffering in my life, a lot less worry, a lot less sleepless nights, and a lot more success.
0: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Just to share something that I really like, it's a quote from Dharmesh Shah, and and this is, it's not so much a lesson, but something that helps drive me, and and I'm quoting Dharmesh Shah here. He says, success occurs when we shift our efforts from making a million dollars to helping a million people, Mm -hmm. and I think you just do that naturally and maybe even subconsciously, but that's what I'm trying to stay focused on. The more I can help people, I realize the more it will turn around and come back to me, and that was one of the lessons I learned a long time ago, and I think that originally came from Zig Ziglar when he said, you know, if you help enough people get what they want, Want, you will have everything you want, something to that effect.
1: Yeah, Z- Zig did that. When I listened to that from Zig, I-, I knew it was, I mean, how powerful is that, right? And it's huge. And I think... Even when you're in masterminds and things like that where you share and you coming on here and giving away your best stuff, it's like it's not about giving away a little and then you have to buy all my stuff. It's like move the free line. I watched my business grow. The more I gave away in my business, the more I shared my greatest secrets, the more people came and wanted to buy all my stuff because they're like, wow, if I got all that for free, imagine what I'll get if I buy this guy's book or I get his course or I get into his training. So it's been an obsession of mine to help a lot more people, especially at this phase of my life. And I can tell and see it how you serve and what you give and what you deliver Marco. So I want to commend you to keep up the good work.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Dean, this has been amazing. I, I want to thank you for your time, your inspiration and the education you've provided over the years, including to myself. So please tell our listeners how they can find you more about you and get your information in your books.
1: Sure. Here's a cool thing. We created a link that you guys can all go grab my new book. It's the hardcover. You can grab it for free at deansfreebook.com. All I ask is you cover the shipping and handling. You can also get it on Amazon. It's 19 bucks on Amazon. If you go to the deansfreebook.com, I think it's 6.95 shipping and handling and there's a couple other bonuses and we
0: send you everything. Cool. And you also have a weekly wisdom, which I, I know that I try and catch from time to time. So
1: I do. I try to do it Facebook live So you can watch me on Facebook and at
0: Dean Very good. Dean, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for your time.
1: It was fun, man. Thanks, Marco. All right.